podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, I am Paul John Dykes and I am genuinely delighted to be joined today by JP Mason. It's the first time I've been on the Axon Bulletin, JP. I know you've been busy yourself. Tell me, we're going to kick it off with a bit of music chat. Sorry for everybody who doesn't like that, but you were at quite a phenomenal gig last night, I understand. I was. Uh, it was a sold-out show at King Tut's um, and Chris Looms, the booker, told me about them a while ago. A good, I think it was supposed to be booked for like maybe before the pandemic, so it had been rescheduled a couple of times. And he was like, oh, you should work that show if you can, because you'll really like the band and straight up your street and everything. And then as soon as I listened to them, I sent them on to you and Kev, because they're just pure. Like The guy that's a singer in the band, Aflex Palace, he runs a label called The Spirit of Spike Island. So, you know, straight away, you know what you're on to there, and it's just... It's pure, if anybody likes kind of like 90s baggy, indie, Northside, Happy Mondays, Stone Roses, all that kind yeah. of thing, um, these guys are kind of doing it with a, well, a slightly different twist. At least they're doing original songs. They're not doing like covers or anything, and it's very much in that kind of style. And the support band Pastel were amazing as well. They they um, they opened for Liam Gallagher at Nebworth last month, so they were wow. um, just wee guys like, Two of them from Manchester, three of them from Swansea, and uh, I it was it was packed at Tuts last night. And I have to give a shout out to uh, Dicky Fideni, who accosted me at the bar and uh, said they knew me from the telly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think this could be classed as the telly, but I, I guess you can watch it on your telly, which is a, a thing. But you know, we're not quite uh, not quite top of the pops. I love I love Denny because I spent a bit of time in there when we were doing the research for the Neely Mocking book 
Um, obviously, he was from that part of the world. But that that freaks me out a wee bit when you get a picture on Twitter of someone watching Axel on their big screen TV. Because I'm very old fashioned in many things, including my hairstyle, apparently, JP. And one of them is my telly. I've not replaced my TV for 20 years. I don't watch it. I've, I rarely watch TV. I mean, it's probably just a modern thing that if you're going to watch anything, it's maybe on a tablet or whatever. I never switch my telly on, so I couldn't get... It's not a smart telly, let's just put it that way. It's uh, it's quite smart looking, but it's not smart in that respect. So I couldn't watch Axon, even if I was that way inclined uh, to watch it on the big screen, and I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. However, if you are watching on the big screen, welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. We started off with a bit of music. We were down in Manchester on Monday. Uh, we were speaking to a Hacienda legend, DJ Dave Haslam. And I'll tell you what, all that kind of stuff does come back to home to roost, though, because we might be doing something November, December time with a Mancunian legend, and part of that is they want to come to Celtic Park. So it all ties back to Celtic somehow, some way. It comes back to Celtic and Kerrydale Street. We're going to be having a, a wee overview of where we are, JP, in terms of who's in, who's out, what else needs to be done before Sunday's game and a few other bits uh, besides. But before we do that, before we get into the nitty-gritty, how should Ange line up for the curtain raiser being part of that? Talk me through that T-shirt over your right shoulder. That is one of the best I've seen Celtic-related online for some time. That is a cracker. I love it. I mean, I've I've long been a fan of uh, Celtic fan art, going right back to, do you remember the site 6T7? You told me about them. Yeah, yeah. is that the one that you got the um, the t shirt from? Yeah, I got that. I got a I got a Neil Lennon t shirt, which was kind of like a black star with Lennon's face in the middle of it, and I got the um, Mohammed Abdul Salim, the first Indian player, got that as well. But they they had loads, and I it's obviously doesn't exist anymore. But there was some really really good designs. I'd love to. Uh, go back and see what the other ones were because I can't. I genuinely can't remember. My, my memory's all right, but I can't remember. There were some other crackers on sixty-seven, and that's you're going back. That's like fifteen years ago. So, but there's been a a huge kind of explosion of fan art t-shirts and stuff like that. Just because I guess people are creative, more creative mm. now, maybe. And um, mm. that that one there, um, AidenCraigandArt.com uh, is a is a. Oh, there you go. Aye. That See, also, look at the colours, it also shows you, your colours are more uh, true to the design, that shows you how discoloured my camera is. Ah, yours looks at, like brown, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that colour, it's dark, it's kind of bottle green and uh, yeah, mixed day in the, in the much maligned... Uh, people's... Ways. Now iconic, now iconic I would suggest. Well yeah, you see a lot of them kicking about uh, the games now because of this, the, the DH gate and the... the, the the repress is Chinese represses, so you can always tell that it's just a bit too good. Like the quality, like you see the colours and you're like, that's not an original, that's, that's a brand new one. So, um, but no, it's, it's a great t shirt, and uh, I, I, thanks, thanks for uh, sending it over. Superb. So you, had, you had them on sale at the State of Mind thing on Saturday? We did, we did. I mean, let, let's be honest here, JP. If if we were really just trying to hook everybody in with uh, clickbait, we've not done so well in the first five minutes of we were talked about music and t-shirt design and an old uh, now defunct company for 15 years ago. Uh, but yeah, big shout out uh, to Aidan Cregan because he stocked his t-shirts at our launch in Edinburgh. It was in Edinburgh on Saturday, just past. 
Um, and I say our launch, what I mean by that, not Axon, we launched a long time ago. In fact, have we even had a launch? I'm not sure. Um, but a state of mind, the company, obviously, that houses Axon and various other outlets um, launched on Saturday. And what we did is we, we spoke to people whose art we admired, like AC and like various uh, bands, etc., authors, and said, listen, you stock your items in our shop and we'll give you all the cash so we, we won't take commission. Um, and obviously that was a very popular set of designs. So big shout out to to him, and we're going to be advertising him as well just to um, give him a wee bit of a, an assistance there and a few other Celtic artists as we go forward. There are very um, few icons from that era, I would suggest, JP, that you'd put on a T-shirt, early 90s. Um, and I remember most of them only too well. But I think we're now in an era where there are so many players in this team who you're looking at, and I know some of them haven't been here that long, some of them came in in January, but it seems as though that they are going to attain iconic status, and I'm sure we'll talk about a few of them uh, during the next 50 minutes or so, so that we can get a fully rounded view of the team on Sunday. Let's talk about the incomings, who we've brought in, JP. What were you expecting uh, this pre-season? Has the incomings met your expectations? What else have we to do? It probably exceeded because I didn't think we would. I th- if you go back to the time when there was sort of uh, question marks over whether Jota or Cam and Carter Vickers would sign, you're kind of going, well, if we get one, then maybe that'll be good. That'll be great if we can get one of the two. But we got both of them. And I don't think that can be overstated, the, the, the whole idea of keeping them. And there's like all this stuff banded about, about, oh, you know, how have you improved from last season? You've only, you know, re signed the same players, you know, those two guys. And indeed on Clyde Super Scoreboard on Monday or Tuesday, there was a guy calling them overrated and donkeys, which, I mean, I, I, I will always be as honest as I, as I can be about opposition players. I don't, you know, I don't mind sort of holding my hand up and going, well, X player's great or Y player's not. But I mean, how anybody can genuinely say that they're donkeys based on their performances for Celtic last season, you know, is just ludicrous. But um, keeping them was was massive. And then I think everybody wanted to see competition for left back. We've got that now. Um, extra um, ammunition in midfield. We've got that now. Um, I think maybe if Postacoglu was talking about more people coming in. That will depend on people going out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy because you look at you look at the the the, the brass tacks of it. Kyogo missed virtually half of the season last yeah. year. Jack Amakis missed half of the season. Um, I'm sure there was others that were that were out for you know spells here and there. David Turnbull, yeah, David Turnbull. Matt O'Reilly only came in in January. Maeda mm-hmm. only came in, in January. Hatati only came in in January and then obviously was injured for a bit as well. And he was very publicly saying, I'm drained mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing a very, very different player now in Hitati. Everybody's raving about him. I kind of wanted to take a step back after his debut at Tynecastle and go, right, he was good. He wasn't outstanding. Because everyone at that point, I remember the, the day after everyone's going, oh, that's our next £20 million player and all that. And I'm like, whoa. Calm down a bit, but his performances of late have started to shift my thinking to the point that, you know, he is, you know, 
I think quite a lot of the people said that Hitati was the best of the four Japanese players. There was mm. a lot of that rhetoric, and you know he's, he's certainly putting forward a good uh, case to make that uh, to make that true. See, see the point you made there, JP. I, I think you're spot on, right? Because there's been this narrative that we're standing still now. Obviously, the example you've given is just some guy that that uh, obviously, I mean, yeah. you know. But there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that narrative regarding Celtic are standing still, right? And what you've said there is 100% true in that all the players you've mentioned didn't have a full season um, whereby they're they're firing on all cylinders. A lot of that's been because they've came in later on. Some of it's been because of their injury um, issues. I think you throw Callum McGregor into the mix because he played with an injury. I mean, he had mm-hmm. a face mask on because he was injured, although he was able to play. And I think that, you know, even if that... Um, affected his performance by single-digit percentages. It still affected his performance, JP. So you've mm. got uh, you've got a captain who is you know he, he deservingly going to be raising the flag, but he's in that role now. It's not new to him. It's not as though he's a novice in that role. He didn't look like a novice last season anyway. But you've got all those players who, again, pre-season under their belt, were retaining Carter Vickers, were retaining Jota. Fantastic. You, you may well get better, even if they don't become first-team players, you may well get better performances out your goalie because we've got Segrist uh, breathing down the neck of heart. You might get better performances out of Taylor because he's got something really challenging for his jersey now. And that may be true in other areas of the park as well. So I totally subscribe to your view on this in that I think it's a nonsense to suggest that even if you know we only sign Jota and, and Carter Vickers, I think there'd be an argument to suggest that you know, there's players who are, are going to be galvanised by what happened last season. They're going to be better this time round. And you could probably even, and I know he's injured right now, but when he comes back in, Starfield, he's not a new face. He's not going to have that settling in, bedding in period. He just needs to get up to match fitness and he'll be right back into the first team squad. But it is interesting because a lot of these things are thrown out there, JP, with without any kind of um, fibre whatsoever. It's just an opinion that's not backed up with any kind of fact. Um, and I think that when you look at what we're brought in at the moment, seven players, first first team players I'm talking about here, and, and two costing 13 million quid. Um, seven, I say seven because I also wanted a striker. I thought we, the players we brought in is what I was asking for. That time I was on um, saying it and someone accused me of being at Celtic Park for the first and t- last time this season. And I'm not sure if they got caught up in Teagsygate or not, JP, or if they do exist or not. But that was it was nice of them to point that out. Um, <laughs> but with regards to the costings, I was I kept saying in order to get the seven players that I think we need, um, I reckon that we were going to have to spend like t- upwards of twenty to twenty five million pound, and I didn't think the board would do it. We've not done that yet. We've spent eighteen million quid, but the fact that we have spent eighteen and there is a suggestion that we might need a couple of other players in. Do you think that the board will go go out and and actually spend money? I know that we've we've been very shrewd in the fact that we brought in a couple of free agents and a loan deal. And I think the word I would describe it as is shrewd. I mean, the players were available; they're going to do that job, and I, I think it's low risk at that stage. But I still think that if required, if someone presents themselves, we'll buy them. And if that player is a maybe a striker or potentially still a defensive central midfielder. I've heard other people saying we still need a winger. Where do you think we still need to strengthen? Uh, I think if the Mikey Johnston thing comes to fruition and he does go on loan to standard age, which is 
I haven't read anything to say that that's definitely happening, but it certainly picked up a bit of traction in the last few days. And you saw that he, he liked analysts so uh, sort of a, a bit kind of futile to talk about. But he, Mikey Johnson liked a comment that was, you know, defending him uh, to other Celtic fans. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that one. No, yeah, who defended yeah. him? Was it me? No, it was some guy on Twitter that didn't really have, didn't have a didn't have a profile picture and was called like Simon one four two seven or something like that and, and he wrote this sort of screed about you know Celtic fans are are worse on their players than opposition fans you know and and that can be true I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily argue with that but it's it stoked the flames further for people that have got it in for Mikey Johnson because obviously there's him liking somebody sort of defending him and how dare how dare a player do something as, as heinous as that and it's just uh, it all gets a bit petty when it gets down to that kind of thing you know um, but if, if Mikey Johnson does go then that does leave us you know short of a, a position in that area because he's still a member of the first team squad he's still if he was fit would get game time I would imagine so therefore you would think that a, a winger no, nobody seems to trust James Forrest I don't think James Forrest is done. I, I, I would put my, uh, wouldn't put my flat on it. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd maybe put the contents of my bank account on it, but that's still not too bad. Um, but I think he's. I don't think James Forrest is done. I think, I think, and I hope that he will surprise people, particularly on the bigger stage. You know, I mean, James Forrest scores in a, in a Champions League game. Do all these people that have been having having a go at him today? Do they? Do they applaud? Do they turn their head? You know, what do they do? Because he scored against Lazio, and I know that's now three years ago, which is mm. frightening that it's that long ago because the pandemic doesn't make you think that that was that long ago, but in actual fact, it was. Um, but I, I think James James Forrest is more than capable of doing something on, on the big stage, as he's done before. And uh, I just always go back to... There was a, a girl that used to sit behind me at Celtic Park up in the Jock Steen stand, and she berated every other player except from Henrik Larsson. Like, every every player got it tight. And I remember a game when John Hartson scored against Rangers and uh, it was like, I think maybe Sutton set it up and Hartson sort of hit it on the half volley into the bottom corner. It was into the Jock Steen stand and she'd been giving it Hartson, your fat B, all the way through the game and all that. And then he scores a goal and then all of a sudden this lassie's looking ridiculous because... You know, the guys just scored the goal up. It was one up against Rangers, big important game. And I just turned around and my hand over my mouth like that. <laughs> and then a few of the others around about me all did that as well. And she was like, aye, 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 whatever. He's still, he's still rubbish. Aye, aye, aye. You know, and you're like, you just can't, you can't please some people. I'm not saying that James Forrest has given us a lot of food for thought in recent times to suggest that he's going to become, be back to the player that we know he can be. But mm. at least give him a chance. Do you know, I, I, I think. He's, he was out injured for a long period of time. He's had a pre-season. Yes, he's not been on fire in the pre-season games, but I think you know the real the real nitty gritty starts on on Sunday, and and from then on, it's it, I think that's when you judge him. You know, you judge his performances. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with the the fact that I don't think he's done brilliantly in the pre-season, but I'm looking at some moments last season, JP, and I think that he, he was particularly. Uh, for me, it was particularly good in the semi-final of the League Cup, for example. I think that by a Leverkusen away, 
think he played particularly well. And I, I, just last week, everybody's entitled to come in and, and give us their opinion on that. But again, the opinion can then be challenged. So someone came in last week to say that, James, because I mentioned I'm, I'm always looking at this 500 club and the players that enter the 500 club. Uh, and interestingly enough, the last one to enter that, <clears throat> there's only a dozen players that have played 500 or more competitive games for Celtic. Scott Brown entered that. And it's guys like, you know, Pat Bonner, Alec McNair, Billy McNeil, Paul McStay. Uh, Scott Brown's in there, Jimmy Johnson, Tommy Burns. Um, and James Forrest is heading towards that group of players. And now that that's over our entire history. And, you know, he's only 31. I keep going back to that as well. And then the counter-argument is, but he's injury-prone. Well, he has been in the last two seasons. And I, I don't think the club and the medical staff and all these guys that are, have got specialisms and they're experts in their field, JP, would suggest that he is injury-prone. He's maybe suffered from injuries in the last two years. Injury-prone for me is that you've got a niggling injury, you'll never shake off. So, you, you know, you're damaged goods. If he was damaged goods, why would we give him that extension to his contract? You know, and I, I just don't think we would. And it's people who know a lot more about fitness and conditioning than you and I and everybody else, um, probably in, in the comments section right now, not belittling anyone because you still have an opinion. But last week, the the, the opinion was um, he's heading towards 500 games. He's only he's probably only performed in 50 of them. And I think that's unfair because he scored almost 100 goals. I think, I think he's on 94 goals. It's either 94 or 96. And he's on the exact same assists. So... You know, you're in the ballpark of 200, you know, goal creations or goal uh, scoring performances. And he's he's done that in more than 50 games. So I think it's a wee bit unfair. Um, I don't think he's a, a first pick. Um, I don't think he is a first pick. But I think he is he's very important to the, the that 15 or 16 players who are there or thereabouts, JP, that if someone drops out... You know, you don't wince at the sight of James Ford. I certainly don't. I know some people might disagree at the sight of his name in the starting lineup. I don't think that at all. I do feel a wee bit more like that when I see J- um, Mikey Johnson. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think Mikey has, for some time, done enough in a game to actually um, make a positive impression. You know, turn a game on its head. Turn it from a, a draw to a win. I've not seen that for some time for Mikey Johnson, but we have even last season seen it f- from from Jamesy Forrest. Um, and another thing, mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. With regards to that, right, so we brought in Aloni Jens, we're going to talk about him, the fact that he might be injured for uh, Sunday's game. But if we're sitting on 18, and it can't just be done on, we must spend £25 million, but obviously the budget's a huge part of it. Um, and if the spend isn't finished and we still bring in one or two players, it's going, it's going to push us over the £20 million mark. If it doesn't, then we run with what we've got until January. Um, and I, I think that's also a risk. 
because we have trimmed the squad massively. Yeah. I mean, with regards to the outgoings, if we, if we move on to the outgoings, and I'll bring some comments up. I appreciate it's 20 minutes in. Um, I think I've been maybe not as impressed with outgoings as, as I have the incomings because, I mean, like you said at the top of the show, to bring in CCV and Jota is astonishing. It's like two marquee signings uh, in one pre-season. But I, I've been really impressed with the amount of players we've been able to ship out JP, but what it has done is it's left us with a smaller first-team squad, and I think that's why a couple of other bodies would be uh, would be useful. From those that have left, who surprised and who disappointed you? Oh, who surprised? I mean, I don't really think I don't really think it was a surprise that Beaton and Rogic left. You know, I think surely Beaton was at the point in his career where. He become a bit part player at Celtic, and you know it was probably time for him to go and seek first team football elsewhere. I mean, I I can't believe he stayed at Celtic as long as he did. You know, if you add up the amount of games that he played, so Beaton leaving wasn't too much of a surprise. Rogic leaving, he kind of got the impression that Rogic did want to go maybe a while ago, and maybe Ange Postecoglou persuaded him to stay for one last season just to uh, you know to help him. Adjust to the to the the environment, um, so him leaving not so much. It's quite surprising that he's not got a club yet. You mm. know, I mean, his current activity in uh, pre season has been been spotted outside uh, Eusebi Delhi with Scott being Ryan Christie um, and being in a, a photo bomb in a One Direction. <laughs> Louis Tomlinson from One Direction. What was chance? that? Was that the twenty minute Tim's guys that noticed that? What a what a spot that was! Yeah, it's a pretty good spot, but I, I, uh, you know, he's just he's it's strange to think that a player of his talent is, you know, there's talk of him going to, is it Jakarta and and you know all these uh, you know backwater leagues where he could still surely do it in a maybe not a top top league, but I mean, I would I would I'd hate to think that Tom Rogic played out his days, you know in relative football wilderness, you know, yeah. away from the cameras, you know, and you maybe get like this grainy footage of him scoring like a mazy wonder goal and putting into the top corner and, you know, some random stadium somewhere. But it's getting obviously close to the start of the season and he's not got a club. So um, that's a bit surprising. The rest that left refresh my memory because I can't really remember. <laughs> so. well, they were the two biggies and I think yeah. that the ones I was most happy about, and, and again, by the way, I agree with you oh. on, on, on uh, Beaton. I think it was time to go. Rogic, I was sad. I think most of us were sad that, that Rogic went. But the other ones that I'm really impressed with is the likes of Paul and Golly, Soro, Barkas, and even some of the kind of fringe players where they need to get out there and play football. So I was happy that Scales is away on loan. Osazi Origide, obviously yesterday it was confirmed. And I just think that in Montgomery, of course, that we've worked probably as hard getting players out the door as we have bringing them in. And it's almost as important. Dembele was a big disappointment for me. I felt that um, this time last year, you were thinking definite last time, last uh, chance saloon for for Karamoko. Um, you could have written off the previous season for him. Not all the players, because some of them played a lot of games. But I just think, you know, he didn't get enough game time in, in Neil Lennon's final season. And if anyone was going to turn that around, it was going to be him, and he gets injured in pre-season. So I think by November, December time, I was writing off his Celtic career on here. Mm. And um, it came to, to pass that that was the case. 
What he goes on to achieve, who knows? But, you know, I just think back to the fact he was a generational talent at, at uh, 13, 14, 15, tug of war between Scotland and England, and his Celtic career never really got started. So I was disappointed with that, but I'm happy with the other names I mentioned. And I do hope that a jetty is added to that list um, as well, because he's nowhere to be seen, is he? Nah, nah, it, it doesn't say a lot for, well... We all know the recruitment that that summer was was pretty bad, or certainly that season. And you know, most of those guys have have been shipped out. That you, you could just you could just tell that they were there was no turnaround in their Celtic career going to happen. There was no, you know, way back in. It was a case of let's just hope somebody comes along and 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 puts an offer on the table for them. And thankfully, I guess that is the case. I, I, when you asked about players leaving, a, a I was thinking about players that had contributed rather than players that hadn't. But, yeah. I mean, those, those guys really didn't. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they fare in their respective clubs. Um, I think, uh, was, was there some site or something that did, like, a kind of loan watch? I don't know if I ever saw that on Twitter or something like that, but, like, somebody had set up an account to watch the Celtic players or, or when they were on loan at other clubs because... Mm. Um, you know, it's quite hard to keep up with all these different leagues, you know, but I, I would be interested to see the appearances that they make. First and foremost, the appearances that they make for the clubs and then what, how they play in those games because it'll be a damning indictment of Celtic signing policy if they go elsewhere and don't do anything elsewhere. And you're like, we paid money for these guys, you know, mm-hmm. we good money as well in some cases. Obviously, Barca's been the sort of standout one, but... Um, yeah, I think I think the the, the players leaving um, have left us a bit thin on the ground, and you talked about uh, comments from last week. I I you know foolishly delved into the YouTube comments, which is can be a quagmire at the best of times. You know, sometimes you get people saying really nice things, and that's cool, and then other times you get people coming in two footed. And last week we were uh, at ITK and talking about a Twitter clique, you know, because we were because we brought up the catfish, and it's like. I'm sorry, but if you're on Twitter, how could you not have known that that was going on? That that was not a clique. And then I made the point to the guy or girl who made the comment in his YouTube comments. I was like, it, it made a it made a news story. <laughs> I yeah. shared the article. It was a news story. Fair enough. Maybe it was a bit much, you know, creating a news article about it. But the fact is that there was enough talk about it and traction to create a news a news article so it wasn't as if it was just like me and you talking about something that only me and you knew about <laughs> it's like it was all over the place it was i'm sure it was celtic twitter it was trending at one point but um i think the same person also called aaron moy and aging has been at 31 so there you go that's that's someone's opinion on aaron moy i know that maybe a lot of people have that opinion but to call someone a has been at 31 is a bit much and you, you do obviously immediately want to go back to Lubo and mm. other players that we've brought in that have done a job uh, over the age of 30 it's not as if that's not happened before I get that there's been a lot of players that we've brought in over the age of 30 that haven't contributed you could you could reel them off but I mean give the guy a chance you know there was people when he's back and after the game on Saturday for a couple of misplaced passes and you're like guy's probably not he barely trained. He's not played a game for a while. You know, I, I, I certainly, uh, I certainly wouldn't be writing them off. We'll see, we'll see how things are at the end of the season with Aaron Moy and James Forrest, for that matter. Because 
I'm fully aware that James Forrest may not have a great season and everyone will then turn around and go uh, to anybody defending Forrest or Moy at this point. They'll be like, ah, see, you were defending him and you said that he was going to do something. And I've said, all I'm saying is give the guy a chance to do something. Mm. I'm not saying he's going to do something. But, you know, it seems so premature to have these outlandish opinions on people when you've not given them the chance, especially with Moy as well. I mean, that's... That's pretty wild to be writing him off. It was. And again, it, it, there is obviously a, a Twitter culture as well, whereby you've got that instantaneous response and reaction to every nuance of Celtic Football Club. So we're on this roll. We've got Carter Vickers, we've got Jota. And, you know, we're up here in terms of expectations. And then a free agent, 31-year-old, without a club since, I think, January. Was it January? Was it as mm-hmm. long ago as that? Um, and then some of the reaction you got on social media, you thought, wow, you know, just take a moment to actually look at the situation here. He's, he's I don't think he's a first pick in the Celtic team because yeah. I've got my view on the midfield, which we'll give when we get to the, the start and 11, the predictions for that. And it is only predictions like you were saying earlier. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to uh, make a, a decision on Moy until I see how he progresses in a Celtic jersey. But again, you've got to tr- you've got to trust, and I don't just mean blind loyalty, blind trust. You've got to trust the fact that Ange Postacoglu worked every single day at Lennox Town with a near beat on and Tommy Rogic. He had known Rogic before he came to the club. He spoke about him, I think in his initial press conference when he met the fan media, and he spoke about his conditioning, the fact he had, and his words were he had had problems with his body and, he, and his fitness, etc. Um, so, but he's watching him every day, and that comes down to application, comes down to attitude, uh, how his style fits Angie's style, and not just Angie's style of last season because Ange had to do something last season to get the job done and I think in season two um, you know because he has weathered the storm if you like JP it's going to be completely different and now maybe he did get that one year out of Tommy Rogic that other managers couldn't have got and he's looking at a guy who he's worked with in the international setup in Aaron Moy and, and you know he knows a lot more than I do about the player and also a lot of the people who were very, very critical um, on Twitter and other social media platforms about Moy. So I'm willing to give him a chance. I don't regard him as a, a first pick, but it's, it's down to him to perhaps improve the players who are first pick players and, and who want to keep the jersey as well. Um, but yeah, that that is the reaction. I don't know how on earth you could say a Twitter clique. It's not as though there's only 600 registered users on the thing. I mean, it's quite, <laughs> it's quite a big clique. get on it or not Um, the the thing with the subscribers is we can change the subscriber chat to subscriber only during the live show but you've got nothing you can do unless you block the user and and the amount of comments they make after the show's ended so you you tend to get worse ones afterwards the person who's clearly a Celtic fan obviously because surely why would you waste your time you know writing you know a, a fairly meaty paragraph commenting on a Celtic podcast if you weren't a Celtic fan but I just think you know it's quite baffling this uh, negativity is you, you get there it's why I don't tend to look at it that often so apologies if anybody's ever written anything directly to me that's that's nice and I've not replied because sometimes I just it's best it's better for your uh, <laughs> your sanity to not look at the the YouTube comments because that tends to be the place where anonymous people uh, like to vent their spleen so to speak it's true and it is unfortunate as you say there JP because what tends to happen is you miss a lot of the the good positive stuff that comes through 
as well. Now, we are going to be inviting a fellow Celtic fan into the stream today uh, for five or ten minutes to talk about a cause very close to his heart. I think that when you get the opportunity, JP, to to help someone out who's maybe doing a bit of fundraising or they want to raise awareness um, of, a, of a cause, then we've got a platform here uh, mainly viewed by Celtic fans these days and um, we can get them involved to tell us a wee bit about it as well. So bear with me while I send the invite out, but hopefully we'll be hearing from Jamie not um, in not too distant future as well. But before we do that, Let's have a look at the pre-season, right? We were speaking there, and I think uh, we were both in agreement. We've not seen a great deal from Forrest that would suggest he's going to go and have his best season in the Celtic jersey, but go out and prove us wrong, James. I'd love to see it. Who have you been impressed with? Who has stood out for you in the games that were played so far? Uh, Dyson Maeda, by uh, a stretch, uh, looks really sharp. I mean, that goal at the weekend, audacious is, uh, is the word I would use for that. I mean... What a goal. I thought he'd kind of put it by the post, um, and to which uh, Stephen from 20 Minute Tim's reminded me and Melly about the uh, Mario Balotelli drag back where he just dragged it actually by the post. Like he had an opportunity to finish it either left or right foot and he decided to do that kind of step over drag back and he just put it like meekly by the post and Pep Guardiola went mental at him. Oh no, Mancini, sorry, went mental at him. Um, but I mean... To take it on that turn and, and score like that was was really impressive, and I guess just his all round play. I, I, I did say last January, with everything I read about him and had heard about him, I wondered if he could possibly be the best January signing ever. You know, mm. at that time, and he's certainly looking to to prove that to everybody. Hatati as well looked great. Um, you know, O'Reilly as well at, at times. Um, I think O'Reilly's got a lot more to offer. I think once he once he really settles into the side, I think it'll be a different kettle of fish with O'Reilly. Um, and uh, yeah, we've not really seen that much of Jack and Marcus. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Mostly because of, he, had a, he had a child, didn't he? So um, there's not been a lot to say about him, but I don't know, just, just in general, we, we, we've, we've, we've not been beaten. We've, fair enough, we've, we've conceded some goals. I think we've conceded some goals at points in games when the team's been changed and um, we've kind of maybe sort of taking our eye off the ball a little bit which you can't really excuse because at the end of the day you can't do that in the games that matter but in the games that matter you're not going to be making wholesale changes to the side in the second half so mm. you'd like to think that what we saw in the first half um, from from the team will be replicated in, uh, starting on Sunday I, I like that quote from Ange you know we're not 
these games aren't about winning games, it's about preparing to win games. And and mm. just putting that into perspective, you know, there's so much happening in the preseason games that will not be the norm uh, on Sunday, which will be the first one. Now, Jamie is waiting in the waiting room. We're going to bring him in and have a wee chat. Um, and then we'll get into some of your comments and look at the predicted 11. So I'm just going to bring Jamie in now. Jamie, can you hear us okay? Uh, I can hear you. Great. How are you doing, lads? Are you all right? We're right. good. We're good. Now, we were actually just talking, Jamie, about some of the more negative sides of Twitter. But a positive is that often you're able to share a message, you're able to engage with fellow Celtic fans, those of a similar state of mind, and you can share that message. And that's what we hope to do today. So, Jamie, you are currently pushing um, a cause very, very close to your heart, obviously. I want you to explain um, all about that and all about your boy and what we as Celtic fans can do to help you. Of course, um you're absolutely right about the positive side to social media as well because uh, beforehand I, I used very little social media and now unfortunately I'm having to use it all. <laughs> so basically what's happened uh, to my family within the last year is my wee boy who's also called Jamie is three and a half years old and he was diagnosed around three months ago with a disease disease called Duchenne. Uh, now, for you that don't know what Duchenne is, it's a terminal illness. Uh, it's a rare genetic disease. And to keep it brief, basically, um, it means that his muscles will waste in his body, unfortunately. And it's due to his body not producing any dystrophin. So... As it stands, there's there's no cure. There's no um, nothing available for these boys, and it's just something that can really just appear out of the blue. So basically, our, our, our cause at the minute is um, the NHS. Sorry, well, can do so only so much at the minute, and boys in this situation, uh, the only treatment available is steroids. So the the gist of it is that most boys will be wheelchair-bound before they're eight-year-old and only live into their late teens, early twenties. Um, so basically where we're at at the minute is we've we've done a lot of research, um, which I'm, I'm sure anybody in my situation would, and we've came across an opportunity where there's infusions um, that are, are helping kids in similar situations and keeping their bodies strong and and giving them basically the best chance of living. So where we're at at the minute is um, we're lucky enough to have been able to book our, our first treatment. Uh, we go in, in October to South America. And the unfortunate part of this is it's costing us £20,000 uh, a treatment. And we have to go three times a year. And as it stands, that's what we're looking at doing for, you know, until there's a cure for this horrible disease. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been very grateful through friends, family, um, a lot of people that we, we know and we've reached out and we've managed to meet a target for our, our first trip, which is great and I'm, I'm so grateful. And, you know, your friends and family can only do so much. Um, and then you try and extend on that to try and get your story out to see if there's there's people that, that can help you. And 
and naturally you you look to things that you love and of course love Celtic, you know. Um so you know, we're we're basically just trying to share our story as far as we can and we're hoping that, you know, with the help of, you know, your guys kindly inviting me on today, is if I could just share my story and get out to as much people and you know, if anybody can help us in any way, we would be overly grateful. But even just talking about it and making people more aware of this, because I don't know about you guys, but I never heard of this disease in my life no. um, until I was told a couple of months ago. And we only noticed it through our boy as he was having a bit more difficulty than possibly other kids from getting up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um you would look at my wee boy Jamie at the minute and you would think, God, you're just a happy wee soul. But this horrible disease um, will, you know, just gradually take that away from him and from us. So we're just trying to reach out and connect with, you know, as many people as we can. And hopefully, we, you know, um, people can possibly help us if possible. Yeah. What age is your wee man? He's three and a half. Three and a half. And and I think that going back to this, this is where, you know, social media and technology can be a force of good. And uh, like at this moment in time, there's about 600 people tuning in, Jamie. But over the period, that could rise. It will be over 5,000. It could get as, up, as much as 10,000. And what I would suggest is anybody who's able to assist visits your Twitter page because you've got a pinned tweet with the, the fundraising link on there as well. We'll do the same on the bottom of this this video. What is your Twitter handle so that, so that people can can find you and help you? Uh, my Twitter username is at Jamie uh, with three A's and at uh, T7. Now, I'll share all of this as well, Jamie, because we have in the past supported causes and, you know, those that are listening and those from further afield have pulled together and assisted people. Um, you know, Thoughts and prayers with you and your family and the wee guy, and uh, hopefully we can do something to assist you, pal. And again, you're welcome to come on here anytime you want, uh, just to keep drumming up a wee bit of support and, and pushing that as well. So thanks very much for taking the time out, and all the very best in October and beyond that as well. And we'll keep supporting you, pal, all right? Thank you very much, guys. Really nice appreciate one. that. All right. Take care, Jimmy. Thanks, Cheers, guys. pal. Thank you. Cheers, bye. Bye-bye. Unbelievable. I mean... We were talking there, JP, about sometimes how nasty and you know social media can be, but it can yeah. it can also be used as a platform where you can pull a great deal of people together that you would never be able. I mean, I don't know thirty one thousand people, but on Twitter <laughs> I do. You know, I never will know that amount of people, but yeah. you can pull people together and and hopefully do something positive. You know, so hopefully anybody out there that can help please do so. And as I say, we'll share all the links on our socials after this broadcast and in the description underneath as well, JP. But hopefully we can use the platform for good and for positivity. I tell you, it really kind of hammered. You, you, could, you could read that story, you know, you could read that story on Twitter, you could read that story in the paper, somebody could tell you about it, but to actually hear that wee boy's dad talk about that, I mean... Fair play to him for being able to speak about it so eloquently because, you know, I was trying not to get upset there when he was talking about it because it's uh, that's, I mean, you know, I've got, I've got, uh, my friend James got a four year old boy, you know, like that, it's similar age, you know, and you just think, 
you know how uh, how sad that is when someone gets news like that. And yeah, I, I really hope that everything can be done to help him. You know, know. give give him the best, give him the best chance of a of a of a, of a better life. You know, mm. and you hope that during that period where. The, the funding has been self-funded. Something can be done either on our NHS or, as as Jamie was saying there, um, maybe a cure will be found because, yeah. um, you know, three and a half years of age and um, you just hope we can do something to, to help them along the way as well. So please do that. And as I said, ladies and gentlemen, everybody who's tuning in, we will share those links. It puts everything into perspective. We're talking about a game of football on Sunday. Um, it doesn't seem as important after hearing uh, a real-life tale like that from Jamie. So thoughts and prayers with Jamie and all of his family and the wee guy as well. I was also thinking, JP, about aspirations this season. Aspirations. And, um, you know, after last season, what what was your aspirations this time last year? I know that's a question that gets thrown out. I mean, seriously, was I positive and upbeat? I remember Kev Graham continually saying, as long as we're in touch and distance by the new year, and I'm saying to him, that's not good enough. We need to win this league. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I thought it was unthinkable not to win the league. Whether or not I thought we could win the league was another thing. As the season progressed, I started believing that we could. What was your aspirations this time last year? It, it, it very much felt like you were at a, a, a table in a casino with, uh, not much, uh, <laughs> with not much money left and you were just kind of like throwing... You know whatever you could at, at, at your la- a last throw of the dice type thing because I know you were in the middle of a completely unknown period. There was an unknown manager with quite a few unknown players coming in who you hadn't seen. You know we're hearing a lot of chat from elsewhere about what this player or that player is going to do uh, at Ibrox, but they've not seen them play in this league. Just like we hadn't seen the players play in this league last mm-hmm. season. You know. It, it's all very well saying, oh, we've signed this prospect from Benfica and we've signed this Adudu Dahan signing from Israel on the wing. You know, all, all these things, you know, could easily have gone the wrong the other way. So you were just kind of waiting to see with your own eyes what these players could or could not do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, what the manager could do. But I think one of the things that early on was um, Postacoglu's kind of strange interview from an airport lounge with the BBC. Do you remember yeah, that one? Absolutely. Where he, he kind of bristled at the idea that, um, the, 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 I can't remember exactly what the reporter said, but he said something along the lines of uh, that it was a disaster or, or or like that, or, you know, something about the end. And Postacoglu just said, you're, you're being awful. Uh, that's, that's pretty strange talk or something like that. That's not how I see this. Um, and you got the idea earlier on that he, he was going to be bullish, not just with the media, but with his team and his squad as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think deep down I wanted to entertain the idea that we could win the league because mm. I wasn't of the opinion that that Rangers team were as good as they were made out to be. Um, obviously, they did go on to get to the Europa League final, which proves that they are a good team. You know, you don't do that by accident. Um, and they beat some big sides on the way there. But then that just goes to show how good a job Postacoglu did because, you know, I'm not buying into this, oh, well, they went to the European final, they took their eye off the league. No chance did they take their eye off the league. Their their eye was definitely on the league title as well. Um, 
and it's just unfortunate they came up against a, a really motivated and well uh, well put together Celtic team. So yeah, I think deep down I wanted to win it. If you were to ask me honestly at that time, there's no way I would have said we're going to win the league. You know, I, I would never be that kind of rash to sort of say things like that. But um, I was optimistic, but I certainly wasn't thinking that we we could win the league. And the idea that we wouldn't win the league and what we wouldn't get as a result, you know, and what we'd give to the other side as a result was something that was quite sobering at the time mm-hmm. because you just, you thought to yourself, we're in this, how are we in this place? How have, how have we gone from winning four consecutive trebles to being trophyless with a brand new manager and about a 70 or 80% uh, new team, new, new new first team 11. So that, that's what I was thinking last season. But as ever, you you put your faith in the side, you buy your season ticket. This season, by the way, <laughs> I thought I'd renewed, renewed my season ticket and I went to flash my card at the Blackburn game and it went red. Went into the ticket office and the woman went, uh, you've not renewed your season ticket. And I went, what? I, thought, I honestly thought I'd just done it automatically. Hadn't paid attention to whether or not the money had come out of my account. She went away for about five minutes. And I'm in that time, I'm thinking, I've lost my season ticket. Like the one I've had for nine years in the same seat. And then she comes back and goes, right, uh, your, seat, your seat's been sold for Blackburn, Norwich and Aberdeen. Right. But you can get it for after that, but you need to pay it in full right now. And I normally pay it in instalments. So I had to shell out. 700 quid <laughs> and I won her uh, for my season ticket so I, this Sunday I won't be in my season ticket seat I'll be in the I think in the main stand somewhere or like maybe kind of uh, just to the left of the main stand in the corner between the Jockstein and the main stand um, sitting randomly <laughs> there which will be strange but I'll be back in my regular seat after that But Nightmare yeah, Nightmare JP well, it would have been a bigger nightmare if I'd lost my season ticket, to be fair. And when she said you need to pay it in full, that was kind of like, I was like, right, I'm okay with that. But even though that's going to dent me, I was like, I'm okay with that because at least I've got my seat, you know? Cause, and then when I, on the Blackburn game, I went and sat. I was My seat that they'd given me was kind of near my seat. And I went over and sat with, with Sean and some of the other guys. And there was a, a wee old woman sitting in my seat. <laughs> It's <laughs> just so strange, just looking down and seeing <laughs> someone else in my seat. It was like, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a strange sight, but uh, all's well that ends well. I always remember that, you know, your seat, It was uh, you do become attached to it, obviously. And I remember like, uh, we used to catch the, the Celtic bus from a, a pub in Fife called the White Gates. It was the Phoenix back then. A bit like Phoenix Knights, you could just imagine, right? But if you went in, my old man would take me in and I was obviously just a burn. And um, you had to watch where you sat. It was one of the boozers in the old mining villages. Everyone had their seats. Everybody had a seat. You had to watch which seat you sat in. It was, um, aye. Come to Fife. Aye. Very friendly <laughs> place. It's all right. I'm not slagging it off. Um, let's get some of your comments in. Beach Boys is looking for Hart, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Julian. Julian? Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Taylor, Calmack, Hatate, O'Reilly, Jota, Kyogo, Meda. How much of that do I disagree with? Probably just Julian. If you change Julian there to Welsh, mm. you've got my team. And I'm only saying Welsh for, for well for two reasons. Firstly, we're hearing that there's a slight injury being picked up at Lennox Town by our new signing, Maurice Gents. Uh, and secondly, 
Welsh has got the game time under his belt this preseason yeah. that I don't think Julian does. And, and so that team's my team, JP. Other than than Julian, what's your thoughts? Well, there was there was people sort of saying I saw a few people sort of saying they are predicted sides and they were clamouring for Jens to just come in instead of Welsh. And you're you're thinking there's no way Ange Postecoglou is playing Welsh in the starting eleven in all these games alongside other players who are. You know, most of the rest of that starting eleven are guaranteed starting eleven uh, Celtic players, and then he's just going to bomb Welsh out and bring in a guy that's been there for five minutes. You know, I mean, I get you'd like to think there's some sort of hierarchy, and if we're turning down loan bids or you know uh, permanent bids for Welsh from Toulouse or anywhere else, and yeah. Postecoglou saying he's part of the plans, it doesn't really look very good for Welsh if he's getting bombed out for a guy that's been here and not proved himself and not been, you know, part of the squad. Because um, I don't think, we've not laid out money on Jens, he's just a loan sign with an option to buy. So it's not as if we've paid top dollar for him and you'd be going, well, you'd be expecting him to just slot straight into the team. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it would be extremely harsh if, regardless of Jens' fitness, even if he was fully fit, if you saw the team on Sunday and Jens was starting with Carter Vickers and Welsh was on the bench, I'd feel pretty hard done by with Welsh and I'd probably be speaking to my agent about things because that's it's not really... like Jens has yet to prove himself. He's played, mm-hmm. what, a half in a friendly? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that warrants starting in the first league game of the season. So um, whatever people's thoughts are in Welsh aside, you know, it's the manager's call and I would expect the manager to pick Welsh on yeah. Sunday and, and probably probably the rest of that team. I don't think he can really argue with, with that. I think that's been the sort of team that he's been going with in the last few games gearing towards the Aberdeen game. I know pe- some people have sort of said Jack Amakis instead of Kyogo because we're going up against Aberdeen. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't really think the opposition will bother Kyogo. He'll, you know, have a go regardless of who the opposition is. Aberdeen have played okay in pre-season against lower league opposition. Mm-hmm. They won't have Scales playing, who's been playing regularly for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, if we if we play our football on Sunday, the opposition shouldn't really matter to me. If, if we play like we can play, then they'll not get near us. But we'll, we'll wait and see how things pan out. Ah, definitely. I'll tell you what, Beach Boys, you're, you're doing not too bad when um, the three of us are agreeing on the team bar one player. And I know mm. that sometimes I get called a Stephen Welsh cheerleader because I do I do rate him, I really do. But I think the point you make there, JP, regarding Toulouse, but earlier on, Udinese, I think last January, yeah. were in for him as well. So there have been two occasions where had Ange not had belief in this boy, he would have got rid of him. You know, you mm. could have quite easily got, got rid of the player I think the first, I think the Udinese one was a was a loan. I think they wanted him on loan. Um, so absolutely for me, he's he's higher up the pecking order at the moment than than Julien. But I don't know how bad the injury is going to be to to Jens. Interestingly enough, not name dropping, not much anyway. But Peter Grant uh, and I had a chat for the. Q booing and hissing BBC podcast which is going to be airing tomorrow but if somebody says listen you can have a chat with Peter Grant you're going to do it right I certainly would he's for my he's for my childhood centenary team and and Grant of course 
was um, he he worked very closely with Matt O'Reilly and uh, Maurice Gents at Fulham, so he speaks all about that. He also gives a bit of an insight. And by the way, maybe it's because I've not seen articles that he's spoken about in the past, but he gives a bit of an insight uh, into the Eddie Howe saga that mm. I wasn't aware of. So I don't know if other people out there might feel the same way. So he gives a wee bit of that, throws out a few suggestions as well as to why that all broke down. And I'm pretty sure I'll share the, the links on the, the Twitter and the other social media platforms as well, JP. But I love Granty. I love Peter Grant. I think, you know, he was a scapegoat. He was. I mean, we've, we were talking about a scapegoat earlier in James E. Forrest. Remember the stick Peter Grant used to get? Oh, God, I. I mean, like, it, it, it was not fancied at all at that time. But, I mean, see, when I was a wee guy, the, I didn't have that negativity. I didn't... There wasn't really players that I singled out, especially if they were Scottish. You know, there, there was there was nobody that I would ever really. I wasn't old enough to have that kind of um, that kind of knowledge to be like, oh, I, I don't like that guy, or I don't like how, how he plays, or he's not good enough or anything like that. As far as I'm concerned, because he was wearing a Celtic strip, he was good enough. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't I didn't have that differentiation of. Oh well, I, I had you know I've got my favourites. Yeah, of course, you know McAvenny. I love McAvenny, love Paul McStay, love John Collins. But I didn't because I loved them. I didn't then go. Oh well, I don't like Peter Grant because he you know doesn't do Pirlo turns and put uh, you know shots into the top corner. You knew that he loved Celtic, and my favourite image of Peter Grant is him hugging Tommy Burns at the Scottish mm-hmm. Cup final mm-hmm. when you see him and he's proper proper crying like face right into Tommy Burns' shoulder, you know, and it's just, just brilliant. I think he hugs Peter Grant, eh, sorry, Charlie Nicholas as well. Um, Charlie Nick's in the suit. You know, those 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 images at the end of that game are iconic. Um, well, for <laughs> me, they're maybe not iconic in the grand scheme of things because you think about the sort of things we've done since, you know, winning trebles and on the bounce and all that, you know, like winning one solitary Scottish Cup. But I mean, that was, that, that cup was... So big at that time for massive. anybody. But I, massive. You know, unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember it well. And, you know, for anybody of a younger age, we hadn't won anything for so long. And then to for that to happen was was, was massive. Yes, it was only a 1-0 victory over Airdrie. Um, but just to see those players lift a trophy again was, was, was huge. Probably much like uh, what the other side of the city experienced uh, not, not too long ago. I remember it was six years, obviously, since we'd won a trophy, JP, and in that six year, Rangers had cleaned up um, uh, league titles, um, certainly, and did won a, a few doubles in there as well. Um, I don't know if they made... We stopped the treble in 1989, certainly. And yeah. I remember it being at the game, and like you say, the Charlie Nicholas thing, because he's walking about still looking like a 1986 version of Bono with the hair. But it was nine, it was 1995 by this time, mm. um, and they were singing the fields after and right. But I do look back fondly on that. I'm not going to give the game away, but uh, Grant said that Tom Rogic put him in mind of a player he played with. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It all will be revealed tomorrow. Check this out, Paul. I just uh, thought I'd show you this. So when I was a wee guy, I used to make uh, take the highlights. Snap. Early, I would put pictures at the paper. So there's Peter Grant. Bottom. There he is. Oh, what uh, a jersey. What a jersey. And next to him, Mike Galloway. Above him, Charlie Nick. And then the other side, Pat McGinley and John Collins. 
I like that training talk. By the way, if you want that transferred to a digital file, just bring it through to the studio, mate. I'll do it for you. There you go. Is that video number 19? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Love it. How many of us have got boxes of aim, ladies and gents? I'm one of them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as we always do, we've, we've ran over a wee bit, uh, JP. That's what we tend to do. And uh, that's the one that we're up. But what I can say... Uh, for sure is that Jamie who joined us on the show today uh, told us all about a cause very close to his heart he's a wee three and a half year boy um, who's been struck down with this condition which is debilitating it's going to um, you know it's going to shorten his life and it's going to um, lessen the quality of his life as well so what we hope to do is spread that word and anyone who can assist in any way we're going to have the, the links to the fundraiser underneath this video and we're going to share uh, Jamie's Twitter handle on our platforms as well so you can follow him and support him and uh, hopefully there will be um, a time when that kind of that kind of treatment JP is available on the NHS or indeed there is a cure for that condition as well and if anyone can help then the Celtic family and I know that sounds like a cliche but not under these circumstances certainly can JP always a pleasure just to get a catch up with you but all the better for it being about Celtic for the last hour. An absolute pleasure. Enjoy it, even though you're not sitting on your seat on Sunday. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I will. Uh, on that note, just on the positivity, uh, somebody said some very nice words last Thursday at the Queen's Park Arena uh, as I approached the bar. Uh, chap was like, oh, I feel like I know you, JP, Axel. <laughs> I was like, my mates were just, like, it was Brendan I was with and he just burst out laughing. I said, oh, I get slagged about this by him when people... Because Brendan walks about going, Axon, Axon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Matt at the Queen's Park Arena, uh, thank you for uh, for telling That's us. phenomenal. Can I just can, can I just clarify? So you're walking down the street with a member of the Twilight Sad, yes. but you're the one that gets noticed for being an Axon. <laughs> I, I never I never actually thought of it like that. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, there you go. That's uh, right back in his face uh, for, for, for slagging me. And he slags me all the time anyway. So this is just giving him new material to slag. But then I said to Matt, I was like, oh, he went to he went to school with Paul, by the way. And he was like, oh, right. I, anyway. <laughs> um, Brendan was a particularly talented footballer, by the way. I've got to say that uh, in his defence. In his defence. Yeah, yeah for is. sure. Um, so there we have it. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Like the video, subscribe to us on YouTube. And as I say, we're going to share the links so that we can help Jamie and his three-and-a-half-year-old wee boy with the treatment that he needs. It's always a pleasure. JP, thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind, sir. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.